Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the Least of These Podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. into the book of John this morning and we didn't get very far last week in the first thing we got about the first four verses of John chapter 11 and it's kind of introducing that chapter and uh, today we're going to get back into talking about John chapter 11 about Lazarus and about Lazarus dies and Jesus raises him from the dead. This is a really good illustration out of the Bible of how God brings us to life spiritually because we're the Bible says dead physically and spiritually well physically we're alive but spiritually we're dead and he raises us up to walk in newness of life remember this whole book is about the seven key signs the seven key miracles the seven I am statements and uh, Jesus is going to give us the last miracle he's going to do this kind of finishes up his public ministry he was left for a while went hid and then he comes back out because of Lazarus Jesus is on the countdown he's getting down to his last few days of ministry and the rest of the rest of the book is really dedicated to the last little bit of time that Jesus has on this earth but, you know, they've tried several times to stone him. They've tried several times to kill him. And they, this is going to kind of finish things off for Jesus because he does a good thing again and they want to kill him. You know, it's amazing to me when you try to do right how people don't like it. You know, it, it, it's amazing to me because what happens is they feel guilty because you're doing right and they don't like it when you do right. And so they get mad with you because you're trying to do the right thing. And it's hard to stand for what's right and what's true. But you know, Jesus makes that choice every single time. He does what's right. He does what's true. And He sets the example for us no matter what it may cost us. We're to stand up for Jesus and stand up for right and stand up for the things that we're supposed to. Well, let's go back to the first couple of verses. I'm just going to read through the few verses to get us back where we're supposed to be. In John chapter 11, in the first verse, he says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, the sister said to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, verse 5, verse 6. So when he had heard that 
he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was at. Then after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea. Then the disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and are you going there again? And Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the light and the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, My friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. And then Thomas, who was called to the twins, said to his fellow disciples, Let us go also, that we may die with him. We'll stop right there, see how far we get today. Alright, so what happened last time we were here, we talked about the fact that Lazarus was sick. It was the town of Mary and Martha because Mary had a closer relationship. I guess she was, Martha was a doer. Mary, I guess, sat at Jesus' feet. Every time we see her, she's at Jesus' feet. And because of that, she probably has a closer relationship with people and, and spends more time with people. And so the people love Mary and spend time with Mary. And so they call it the town of Mary and her sister Martha, even though Martha is the older sister. And then it tells us about Mary. She's the one in chapter 12. We're going to see that she's going to anoint the feet of Jesus with perfume because she's basically anointing him for his funeral. And then it says in verse 3, Therefore the sister said to him, saying, Lord, behold, the one whom you love is sick. So basically they appeal on the fact that, you know, you love Lazarus, and he's sick. And then it says in verse 4, When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death. In other words, what Jesus said, this sickness is not unto death, but this sickness is for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified. What happens is probably he, he sends this message through the messenger. Remember, they sent a messenger. They're, they're over at Bethany. They send the messenger to Jesus. Probably takes him about a day to get there. By the time he gets there, he tells Jesus, Jesus hears what he has to say and he tells the messenger this sickness is not unto death but the son of God but for the glory of God that the son of God may be glorified basically it's for the glory of God and the glory of the son because both of them are God right what happens is when they send that message back probably Mary and Martha here he's not going to die because he said this sickness is not unto death Now they didn't understand, so let's look at verse 5. It says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was at. Then after this he said to his disciples, Let us go to Judea again. So think about this. We, We sang the song last week, Four days late and God's right on time, that he's never late. Or actually we listened to the song. And, you know, this is God's timing. Sometimes God allows things. Sometimes God does things that we don't understand. And the way He's working in this is He's going to let Lazarus and 
die and the sisters are going to be extremely grieved and upset and probably even maybe a little upset with Jesus because guess what? They probably misunderstood that. If somebody said to you, this sickness is not unto death, but this, that God may be glorified, the Son of God may be glorified, you're probably thinking, well, he's not going to die, right? But guess what? God wants us to understand that no matter what happens, how it happens, when it happens, where it happens, He's always behind the scenes. He's always working. He's always there. And sometimes He does things that hurts us, but He's doing it so that we may draw closer to Him. And we'll see this as we go on. Because notice what it says in verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. He loved them. He loved them. So why then does it say when he heard this, he stayed two more days at the place where he was at? Because he has a plan. He has a purpose. He's always working on our faith. He's always strengthening us. He's always wanting to draw us closer. You know, if everything was perfect all the time, we wouldn't draw close to God, would we? I think that God leaves things in our lives and He allows sickness and He allows problems because if you're truly a Christian, it's the tough times, the hard times that you draw closer to God. I mean, we we talked about James chapter 1. We can always bring that in where He talks about count it all joy when you fall into various trials, right? Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience or endurance. God wants to draw us closer to Him, make us more like Him. And so He stays two more days. But you know what though? There's something we don't know here. But Jesus knows Lazarus has already died. But you know what? We don't know that yet. But Jesus knows that He's already died. Now, You know, if Jesus wanted to, he could have healed this man from 15 miles away just like he healed the nobleman's son, couldn't he? I mean, if he healed him, if he healed a man that was sick 38 years, if he could walk on the water, if he could steal the storm, if he could turn water into wine, I think he could heal a man from this distance who brings Lazarus back from the dead. And we're going to see that he will. So he waits until the right time in the Father's plan. Here, he wants his glory to be displayed because how can God get the glory in this? Because see, when he's raised from the dead, we'll really truly see this is going to be Jesus' greatest and finest miracle. And so he stays. But he makes a point of telling us that he loves them and yet he causes... How can Jesus love us so much and yet sometimes allow things in our lives that cause us so much pain? You know what? When delay occurs, God has a better time and a better way. He wants to grow their faith. He wants to grow our faith. You know, what do we call that? Tough love? Sometimes love is tough, right? And sometimes when you want somebody to learn a lesson... Sometimes we have to go through some tough times, some hard times to learn. And God understands that. You know, there's a lot of things we do on this old earth that God does all the time in our lives. 
You know, He tests us, He trains us, He works on us. And so then He, he, he looks at the disciples and He tells them in uh, verse 7, then after this He said to His disciples after the two days, let us go to Judea again. Now, I had to look this up, and I was trying to figure out, why in the world does Jesus say, let's go to Judea? Now, Bethany is actually in Judea. But Judea is the whole area where Bethany resides. And now, I think what he was trying to do is get his disciples to go, because Bethany is like two miles away from Jerusalem. If he says, let's go to Bethany where Lazarus is at, they're going to be scared to death because they've already been trying to kill Jesus. And guess what? Anybody that's with Jesus is going to have a problem too, right, at this point. They're scared. And what do they say when he says about going to Judea? Look at verse 8. He said, the disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews stoned you, and are you going there again? In other words, we're not going with you. <laughs> if you're going back to Judea, you're going anywhere near where they're trying to kill you. Hey, have at it. We're not going with you because we're not going to get killed. I think probably at this point, that's probably what they're thinking. We're not going. They're not even going to go to Judea. And, and Judea is the general area. It encompasses a fairly large section but Bethany's right there at Jerusalem. If you go to Bethany, you may as well say you went to Jerusalem because that was where they were trying to kill Jesus the last time. Three times they've tried to kill him. And when they, when they say you, you know, it's, it's, it's bad in our Bible. Sometimes we don't see, but this you is not plural. It's singular. And they're speaking just to Jesus. And are you going? We're not going. Are you going? And so they think this is a personal trip for Jesus. And Jesus looks at them and He answered in verse 9, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. So what Jesus begins to say is the same thing He said Count over in chapter 9, verse 4, where Jesus says to him over there, He says, I must work the works who sent me while, while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am the world, I, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. In other words, let, let's unpack this a little bit. What does Jesus say? Are there not 12 hours in the day? Basically, the Jews had a 12-hour day. And he says, if anybody walks in the day. Now what Jesus is talking about here when he says day, is he's talking about the same thing he talked about over here. You know, in John chapter 9 verse 4, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. There is a time in which we all have to work. Every one of us is appointed a certain amount of time to live, right? There's a certain amount of time that God has given us to work for Him. And basically what Jesus is saying here is, I'm here on earth for a, for a limited period of time. And maybe when He says, when the night comes, no man can work, what He's talking about is that time, there's a time coming in the future when Jesus is going to shut everything down and nobody's going to be able to 
be saved at that point. And the time's over and nobody else will be saved. And the time is up to tell people about the Jesus. And whoever's saved at that point will be saved and whoever's not is not. But what he's saying here is, is I'm here for a limited amount of time. We're here for a limited amount of time. And while we're here, we need to as best as we can do what that old song says, right in the corner where you are, right? Sing and do and, and do everything we're supposed to do right now. Because there's coming a time that we won't be able to do anything for God. And while we're here, we need to make the best of the time. What was it the... Paul said to redeem the time because the days are evil in Ephesians chapter 5. And I believe it was David, the psalmist, the great King David, who said, Teach me, O Lord, to number me my days. I believe it was David that said that. But one of the psalmists said, Teach me to, re- to number my days, to know that I have a limited amount of time. And that while I'm here, I need to be doing things for God. I need to be telling others about Jesus. I need to be praying. I need to be working. I need to be doing the things that Jesus saved me for. Why did Jesus save us? That we can tell others about Him. That we can let others be saved. Because there is a real hell. There is a real heaven. And not everybody's going to make it to heaven. What does that old song say? Not everybody's talking about heaven's going to make it. You know, but those that believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And the reason Jesus said He came, one of them, He said He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And you know what? If, if Jesus' was purpose was that, guess what? That's what our purpose is too. He says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. The implication being, if you're not following Jesus, you're not fishing for men. And when we're talking about men, we're talking about men and women. We're talking about fishing for souls. Peter and John and these great fishermen, these fishermen by trade, got Jesus called them out of that, that fishing for fish. And He says, I want you all to fish for souls now. And that's what God wants us to do. Pray for people. If you get a chance, tell them about Jesus. If you can't, pray for me. Pray for other people that are out there. Pray for the churches that they will do what they're supposed to do and tell others about Jesus. Because I know y'all have a limited place here, but there's still people in here that need the Lord. There's some good people in here that know the Lord. Miss Braddock faithfully went every Sunday to Southside Baptist Church and didn't miss a week. And, you know, I was stunned when I saw she had passed away. I don't know if y'all saw Miss Phyllis Gothy passed away this week too. Some of y'all know Miss Phyllis Gothy from over at Calvary. She passed away this week too. You know, our time is limited. And God has said, you need to work. And so what Jesus is basically saying here, we need to walk in His will and His truth. And as long as we're doing what God's called us to do, one man had put it this way. God's man, and when I say man, I mean men and women. When God's man, God's woman is in the center of God's will, we're invincible till God's through with us. See, as long as we're doing we're here and God using us and we're here doing his purpose, then then he leaves us here. I've told y'all that many a time. That if you're here and you're breathing and you all are 
and you know Christ is your Lord and Savior, God's not through with y'all yet. He has a plan. He has a purpose. He has some reason for you to be here. Whatever that is. And God says for us to keep doing what we're supposed to do and just as we are invincible till God's through with us, guess what? Jesus says, I'm on God's timetable. And you know, as long as I go here and I do what I'm supposed to do, they can't hurt me. They can't do anything against me till it's time to die. Because you know, every time, there was like three or four times Jesus said in the book of John, I'll just read a couple of them to you. John chapter 2 verse 4, Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. John chapter 7 verse 30, Therefore they sought to take him. That means they went to kill him, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. John chapter 8, These words Jesus spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no one laid hands on him for his hour had not come. It wasn't time for him to go to to die. God has each and every one of us on a divine timetable. And until that time is up, we're here for a plan, for a purpose. And God wants us to do His will, His way, His work until He says, come on my son, come on my daughter and be with me. And it was the same way with Jesus. As long as He was doing God's will until He was through and finished what He was supposed to finish, they couldn't harm Him. They couldn't hurt Him. They couldn't do anything to Him. Basically, He also says that these people don't have the truth. They're headed for hell. We're headed for heaven. We have a plan. We have a purpose. These people don't have a plan. They don't have a purpose The only thing they're going to do is end up in hell. They should have responded to Him while it was still light, while He was in the world. And that was why He kept going and going and going to these people, telling them you know, who He was and showing them these signs. And over and over and over again, He went to them and He told them and He told them and He told them and they just didn't believe Him. But He gave them chance after chance after chance. They're trying to kill Him. They're trying to stone Him. And He's still telling them, I'm Jesus. I love you. Do we do that? That's what He did. One day He was going to be gone. And then their chance was over. He says, these things He said after this, verse 11, He said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him. He just says sleep because you know that's what the Bible talks about. For the believer, we just go to sleep in the arms of Jesus. Talked about the other Lazarus, the one who who was at the rich man's gate. And it says he was carried off into Abraham's bosom. And it's like falling asleep. We, we've talked about that before in Psalms 23. That, that the Bible says, Yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. We don't have anything to fear. We don't have anything to worry about. Because we just fall asleep. We wake up wake up with Jesus. I heard one man say it was like this. A little girl asked him, said, Daddy, what's it like? And, and he says, you remember sometimes, some of those times that you just 
we're riding in the car and, and or we're somewhere else and you fall asleep. The next thing you do, you wake up and you're in your bed. So that's what it's like. You'll just fall asleep and you'll be here and then you'll wake up and you'll be up there with Jesus. <laughs> and that's what he said it was like. Now I don't know if that's exactly how it is, but that's kind of the way it's going to be. He says, our friend Lazarus. Remember, the Bible speaks about Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. Over and over and over again, the Bible calls us his friend. And then let's read a couple more verses and we'll just finish up this morning. Then his disciples said, verse 12, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. That's pretty plain. They thought he was just asleep and he was resting and he was going to get better. But Jesus said to them, verse 14, plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there that you may believe. Notice what the condition is. I am glad for your sakes that I was not there that you may believe. He is wanting to strengthen the disciples' faith. That is what God is always doing us. He is always strengthening our faith. He wants us to draw closer to Him. He wants us to trust Him more and more and more. With everything we have, He wants us to trust Him. And then He says, Nevertheless, let us go to Him. I want to stop there this morning because that really breaks into a whole new section with Thomas saying, let us go to Him and die. And I think Thomas was saying that was a strong devotion. It wasn't a fatalistic thing. But you know, many, many times we look at life and we see the tough things of life. And we don't see beyond those things. Remember James when he says, Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Knowing that. Knowing what? Knowing that when you go through trials, you're going to grow closer to Jesus, right? And so that's what we need to do is keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and say, Jesus, yeah, I'd love to get out of this if you want me to, but if you don't want me to, what do you want me to learn while I'm in the midst of this mess? And that's what we're supposed to do. Say, Jesus, what do you want me to learn? What are you trying to teach me today through this tough time I'm having with this or that? And, you know, you fill in the blanks. And God will speak to you and God will show you what He wants you to learn. Sometimes it's just trusting Him. Sometimes we speak and we ask God what's going on and it's like the heavens are silent. But you know what? That's when we need to trust Him the most because that's when He's really testing us. Because sometimes He doesn't always tell us everything right then and there. But if you look back down the road, I guarantee you all of y'all can look back behind you and look back and say, God, I know what God was doing back here and here and here and here. And I can look back at my life and I can see times and places where God has done certain things at certain times through certain people and circumstances. But at the time, I didn't know what in the world was going on. You know, we just went through another one of those times and I don't know what all God's doing through it. I think when it's over and done that God's 
going to make uh, what we do a whole lot better and is working on that here lately it's kind of like feel like you're doing what's right and, and you get slapped upside the head for doing what's right you ever feel that way well you know what just remember God's going to make it all right one day when he when we get to heaven it's going to be okay every right's going to be wrong and everything's going to be okay he's going to take care of it way better than we ever could so we just need to trust in him and to follow him and keep our eyes fixed on Jesus that, that's that's the lesson for this week keep our eyes fixed on Jesus because you know what God knows what he's doing did you know that he knows exactly what he's doing when we doubt him when we lose our faith when we don't trust him then that that just makes us not as close to him but when we trust him and believe him no matter what we go through no matter what happens we can draw closer to him and uh, that's what life's all about drawing closer to Jesus every day father we just thank you for who you are we just thank you for Jesus and we Thank you that you are right on time, God, and we thank you that you know what you're doing and that uh, many times we don't know what you're doing, but Lord, we can trust you and, and follow you no matter what happens because you are great and mighty and you know everything. And Lord, even though we don't know what's happening, you always know. So Lord, help us to draw closer to you And trust you more and more each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Those in the nursing home facilities are locked up in bodies that do not work in a wheelchair or in a bed. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems. Some have told us we want to have a real family because their parents have lost or given up custody of them. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up at the jails and the prisons, to those locked up in addictions, to drugs, alcohol, depression, and suicidal thoughts, to those locked up in a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us abundant life, joy, and set us free, and these people that we minister to are not free. Our desire is to show them whatever their background, no matter what they've done, to see how much God loves them. We seek to help them receive forgiveness and freedom from their sin in Jesus Christ. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia, and surrounding Effingham and Chatham area. We have recently expanded our ministry to the Lexington, Columbia, South Carolina area. We do over 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you will support us in some way that so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the Donate Now button or send it via regular mail to Post Office Box 1881, Lexington, South Carolina, 29071. We hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. John eight thirty two.